Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker with some post-holiday radio. I got to tell y'all, I love post-holiday radio. There are no rules. I feel like this is the sweatpants version of radio where you can't even see what we're wearing anyway. But usually the day after Thanksgiving, if we got to work, sweatpants usually will come out or something real comfortable. Same thing after Christmas. And there are no rules on what we can talk about outside of the FCC violation. So there will be no cursing. But other than that, I just want to have some fun today post Thanksgiving. Talk about what we had to see if the household, what they were eating and whether they kind of matched up our draft day special, Wes, that we had on Wednesday, Wes and Walker, that's Wes Bryant, Josh Fitty Marlowe, running the ones and twos as well. The Thanksgiving draft day, did you have some of the meals that you drafted available to what uh, your household? Yeah, I had everything that was uh, the black on my eyed list. peas included. Yep, had it all. I got to have a black eyed peas. That's a must. <laughs> I had everything. Uh, my plate, I put it on Twitter uh, for people to see, but I had the. Um, <laughs> so you had the turkey because that was turkey, the first pick. Mac and cheese, dressing. Yep. Rolls. Oh, yeah. Black Eyed Peas. I can't believe I got made fun of for drafting Rolls second. Yeah, I needed Rose to take I care of a staple. That. that was from yeah. Colin, though. Colin was making fun of me. So, yeah, Thanksgiving, I got to tell you, though, I usually view it as an event. I get ready for it. I prep for it. And this time, maybe even the last couple of years, I just feel like I had a weak showing. And yeah. I think the thing, my mom put out appetizers. Mm-hmm. She usually does not do that. Yeah. She's usually working in the kitchen nonstop. And then when it's time to eat, yeah. we go ahead and roll with it, pun yeah. intended. Yeah. And after that, I'm full as hell after like three plates. But this time, I really was just working with the appetizers. I can't stop eating them. They're in my face, so I got to eat them. And then I really only had like one and a half plates, and so I had a week show in this time. But you still you still went strong this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, – <laughs> like my mom was like, before she shut down the kitchen, she was like, do you want anything else? And I was like, no. And she was like, you don't need anything else. Oh. Yeah, one of those. How much did that hurt? It didn't hurt at all because I knew I didn't need anything else, and I was very full uh, by that point, man. I had. Um, do we want to go through the carnage that? Yeah, ensued? I went. I went updates from everybody. I went updates from Fitty on the carnage that happened to his Thanksgiving plate. I went the carnage that you went through and all of the meals, all of the side dishes. I went it all, okay. man. There are no rules for holiday right. radio. So I basically had two full plates with everything each time. The second one was slightly less than the first. Okay. Then I sat for a minute, sat for a while before uh, taking a little nap. Okay. Woke up. The first of two naps, by the way. Yes. A couple of naps that day. A couple of short ones. Then I cut the brownies. I went in the kitchen and cut the brownies. I was hoping that wasn't a euphemism for something else. I <laughs> no, was hoping I you were the, talking to No, 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 no. I cut the brownies. <laughs> That's I what got, Eric Collins calls it in his household is cutting the brownies. Yeah, I bet that is so Eric Collins. Yes, yeah. that's hundred percent. So I got my first one, and then my girl came, and then 
she come from her dad's family's house, and she had two smoked turkey legs. Okay, and she brought them. Smoked turkey legs. Yeah, she bought them. She said that was all that was left. So I go in the kitchen, because when she first bought it, I said, well, let me just get a quick taste of it, just to see what it's hitting on. And I took a bite, and I was like, man. That smoked turkey, boy, it's hard to beat. <laughs> so then when I went in there en route to my second brownie, I said, man, I'm going to get another bite of that leg. Well, that bite turned into me just standing in the kitchen until I finished it. Because yeah. after I took about three bites, I said, well, I might as well just finish it at this point. So then I polished off a turkey leg and then had my second brownie. And then... That was it. <laughs> and a big glass of wine before bed. It's hilarious that you bring that up because usually, so the, the way we serve the turkey, it's the whole platter. It's yeah. already carved. All the whole, all the turkey yes, is on I the carved platter. The turkey, yes. yep, so, and so when it's out there, I pick on the turkey yeah. nonstop. Yeah. So I will say I did do that after yeah. I was done with my, because I'm a turkey fiend. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Thanksgiving turkey for yeah. me. There's nothing better, but it sounds like you went to work, and I don't care what mom was saying. You go ahead, and you go ahead and keep eating as much yeah, as you yeah. possibly can. Oh, yeah, can. she she didn't care. She just yeah. said, you know, you don't yeah. need it anymore. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, before, like, I'd had high blood pressure at one point, which I hated, and I worked my way out of that. And so, you know, but sometimes if I eat a good bit, I'll yeah. just check it just to see. I need to check mine. Blood because... pressure was great. Mm-hmm. I said, you know. I got to tell you. Can't I, beat it. I looked in the mirror after Thanksgiving, and I was just only in my underwear, and I didn't like what I was seeing, Wes. It was yeah. a little jiggly, and I need to make sure that I need to put that away because high blood pressure could be on the horizon yeah, for me. Yeah, I had me two good workouts yeah. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and I got one in this morning, so you know. There you go. You're better than me. 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. Stanford P. Right, uh, wrote in, uh, Wes, how much corn did you eat? Because of the cornbread dressing that you drafted along with the corn well, and the draft. I did leave special. out a couple of details. There was corn available to which I did not partake. Okay. But when my mom makes the dressing, you mm-hmm. know, cornbread is the base. So when she makes the pan of cornbread, it's become a tradition that as she, because she'll just take and just scrape it out of the pan and it breaks off into things. And then she'll give me like a hunk of it because I love the Jiffy mixed cornbread. Okay. So then I got a massive piece of cornbread like a few hours before we ate as well. I think you're going to uncover some other things you left out. We're going to be two hours into the show. Well, there's another thing (laughs) I left out and I ate this too. And then another text from Stanford P. Did y'all have any dry brisket? <laughs> no I dry brisket. Fitty, on the is that going to be text of the day for you immediately, like right off the bat? Stanford P writing that in. It's definitely in the running, but we the, look. Willie P's brisket got brought up, so we'll just go ahead and talk about what Willie P was texting us yesterday for what he was eating. And oh, I don't perfect. know if this is a, is it an Italian thing or not. Walker, you said that y'all y'all had appetizers available to you before y'all's actual Thanksgiving meal as well. Willie P had a. Charcuterie board? Charcuterie. Yeah, yeah. okay. Char- what did he say? Char- say that one more time, I, Yeah, Fitty? say it one more time. Try it. I, I said charcuterie board. You did. You put a couple of chuz in there. And it's how how's it pronounced? Charcuterie. Charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. So we had a charcuterie board available. <laughs> and, and then, look... <laughs> That's not what Thanksgiving is about, dumbass. Oh, okay. Well, whoa, whoa. Like, like, like when I saw that. That's <laughs> so if, aggressive. If I ever show up to someone's house to eat Thanksgiving and I see that on the table, I'm leaving. Have you seen 
the ultimate charcuterie board parties that people or basically they'll make fun of the whole concept and they'll bring a whole pizza on something you would serve a charcuterie board on. That's the type that I would be down for, but not the crackers and the little slices of ham and pastrami, whatever is going on that. No, sir. That's what I hope Flounder shows up with because he's coming into the station to hang out today. Flounder, if you're in the car on your way. Shout out to Big Flound. Uh, stop by Passante. I want a pepperoni pizza and some hot wings. Okay. And then we can serve that on the charcuterie board and, uh, you know, the to FNZ honor, charcuterie board. Yeah, to, to honor Willie P, who for to, to be such a food snob, he just he lets me down every time he posts food pics on the internet. Um, what what was your performance like yesterday? Were you pleased with what you did? Unlike North Carolina's basketball team. You know, look, we started a little slow. Uh, one plate that was full. I had two different types. I had my Momo's, you know, oven baked turkey, and then my my uncle brought some that he had some cayenne pepper, you know, put into the turkey. So I had two oh, types that of turkey. Awesome. Oh wow! Yeah, then I had some ham. Deviled eggs, cranberry sauce, mm. macaroni, and cheese. Uh, Momo made biscuits, but I but I abstained. There were dinner rolls that were also there, and I abstained. Wait, she made homemade biscuits? I abstained. Yeah, she, 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 had, she had homemade biscuits out there, oh. but I, I didn't partake. I had that first plate. We ate at 1238 was when we, when we blessed the food. I was then eating my okay. second plate at the under-12 timeout of Carolina-Portland. Then I had some pie, pecan, and pumpkin. Then I had two helpings of party mix during the Dallas game. So, yeah, I ate like the fat ass that I am, and I had a lot of fun doing so. That sounds like a really good performance. I'm really proud of you. I'm also really proud of you. That radio is so ingrained into every fiber of your being that you started something at a time where we also have to get out on break. So you during the time, 1238 on the dot, that actually affects what you do outside of the studio. And I appreciate that. That goes to show just how dynamic of a producer you are. You have FM in your blood. This is what you are, Fiddy, and I really appreciate that. That's the first compliment you've given me since the show has been official, and I can't thank you enough because I thought about you guys all day long. Thought about the show, thought about the segments and, 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 and how the meal was flowing, if there was good discussion at the dinner table. It, it, it was an all-around radio day full of food, family, and football. Stanford P said 1238, three exclamation points. This mofo was timing it. I love him. King David, I think, maybe with just a typo, said, dude, Josh just turned into a younger Nick Wilson. Now, is that a compliment or is that something that you view as an insult? Nick Wilson took my radio virginity, so yes, that is a compliment. He's my radio daddy. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I As soon as that came out of Fitty's mouth, my first reaction was to look at Wes to see his reaction, and it was everything I hoped it would be. Do we have to worry about our boy, man? Yeah, man, that was a bit much. <laughs> it happens, though. Yeah. That's what Fiddy says. He's actually said that multiple times. I don't think I've ever had you in the studio when yeah. Fiddy would talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was expecting that kind of reaction from yeah, him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the radio virginity, but then to add in it, it's yeah. your father. Ew. No, he didn't say there's a difference. It's his daddy. Right, yeah. yeah that's, that's a little difference. Yeah, yeah. Father is like a little dressed up. You yeah. Know, like we're, we, we, we've talked about this on Lockdown Hornets, where Tsunami Poppy is making better decisions. He's yeah. turning into Tsunami, tsunami Father. father. Yeah. Right, like yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, no longer Poppy. That One is dressed up. One is a little more informal and side-eyed, and daddy is a little bit more side-eyed. Yeah. I should start talking about my radio daddy and Margot Robbie's voice during Wolf of Wall Street just to creep everybody out. Oh, that would be extremely yeah, creepy. I also want to view it and listen to it. Can you go ahead and show us what your Margot Robbie voice is? 
I, I don't know what you hold on. I'm a little worried though after I said that because now I don't know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I, I I feel like after we just talked about not getting an FCC violation, you might say something that deserves the very FCC violation I'm avoiding. Yeah. So I don't even know what we would need you to say, but we have we just have a couple minutes. Let's try to let's try to brainstorm Fiddy's Margot Robbie voice off off of the air, and then we'll come back. We'll get off of the bus. We'll try to lead the show into something respectable. Although I have yeah, no right now we're getting off the bus like Varsity Blues when yeah. they all went out drinking. Oh, man, we are so yeah. drunk off this bus right now. I'm stumbling. If we were on NBA 2K, our equilibrium would be, you know, shaky. I am I am trying to not vomit yeah. as we do this. We are so hungover <laughs> from the night before. We are not putting on our best performance, but it's exactly what I kind of wanted. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Holiday Radio, it will be the entire moniker of this show today yes. because I love it so much. It's the Wesson Walker Show. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can still text us what your holiday performance was please tell us that you killed it in the kitchen tell us that you killed it on the dining room table whatever you did we would love it 704-570-9610 just to share your sports thoughts too because we will get to some carolina panthers talk as well black friday fire fizzle making its way back a friday edition a black friday fire fizzle if you will we'll get to all of that sports radio 92.7 wfnz Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. You can also call us at that number. We're going to open it up to phone calls today. Just see how it works. We're going to experiment with that. (laughs) Wes, I know that you're excited about some phone calls. Yeah, man. Open the floodgates. I let some of the folks know, you know, so we'll see what happens. 704-570-9610. You can text us at that number or you can call us at that number. We were going into break when Fiddy decided he wanted to tell us he wanted to use a Margot Robbie voice. What were you saying you wanted to use it for, by the way? Whenever I talked about Nick Wilson. Okay. I don't know. Do we have a phone call right now that you need to answer real quick? We do not. Okay. I, I'm seeing this off-air number thing bl- uh, blink very rapidly, and it makes me believe there's a problem. So no, we're good. It's not for our studio. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's for the WLNK studio. There you go. Wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that we were all okay, so we're still on air, and you're still listening to the Wes and Walker show. So, yeah, you can feel free to call in, but that does allow me the opportunity to go to Fiddy. The only line I could really find... We're going to have to do the whole Wolf of Wall Street line because that's the role Margot Robbie is most well known for. So the only line that I could really come up with that would not violate any standards that we have here is, do you want to come up for tea or something? And that is one of the (laughs) leading scenes where we all know what happens after that with Mr. Jordan Belfort. So can we hear you, Fiddy, in your Margot Robbie voice say, do you want to come up for tea or something? (laughs) <laughs> you said it. I just wanted to make sure that you would deliver on the promise that you gave us before we went to break. Oh, Daddy. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Moving on. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. That She didn't say that. I told you the line to say, and then you altered it. There was no reason to do that. All right, you win. Fine. I tried. I tried to show some level of trust in you, and you violated it. You stopped on it. You spat on it. And then now we need to move on. 704-570-9610. Let's talk a little about the Carolina Panthers just to give you some sort of NFL conversation today. Sam Darnold going to be starting for Carolina 
against a very good defense in the Denver Broncos. Wes, this is not a very good team in the Denver Broncos, but that specific side of the ball has been very good this year. I do wonder if we can ask the same question we did last week about Baker Mayfield. Is this one of the biggest starts of Baker Mayfield's regular season career? Same thing for Sam, because he might be playing for not a starting job in the NFL, but even a roster spot, even one of the opportunities that have him as one of the higher paid backup quarterbacks in the league. How much pressure do you think is on Sam Darnold to perform this weekend? And how much do you think it actually could lead to some better things in his NFL career? Ooh, better things meaning whatever you want him to. You take it. I mean, I mean, you take the, the NFL. And you steer it wherever you want. We've seen as quarterback hungry as teams are. If you can walk and chew gum and throw a football at the same time, you'll at least be a backup in the NFL if you're somewhat capable. So Sam Donald's too athletic. He's too young. He has too strong of an arm and all some of those things. To not at least be a backup. So, you know, I see Sam Darnold being a backup in the NFL for a pretty long time. But as far as him being a starter, he's done with that. Like, that, that's no more. The only time that he will be a starter is if someone uh, goes down by injury and he takes it over for a couple of games or if he was fortunate enough, not that it's fortunate for someone to get hurt. But if someone were to be hurt for the season, then maybe, you know, he may get a a chance again. But as far as a team bringing him in with intentions of him being the leader of the franchise, the LOF, so to speak, those days are done. Uh, But I think he's just too young and and he's too capable not to be a backup. Well, right. And plus, there are so many NFL teams, whether you be a GM or a head coach or this offensive genius, quote unquote, that thinks they can fix Sam Darnold even still. Because if Sam Darnold actually goes out there and performs well enough against Denver, maybe he does that the next couple of weeks after that, while PJ is still nursing this ankle sprain he suffered a couple of weeks ago, there will be someone that will think they can fix Sam Darnold if he plays well. If he doesn't, I do think that this is going to be a huge start for Sam, just as far as how much money he can make. Because there are levels to even being a backup quarterback, right? So if he comes out here and lays an egg even, I don't think he's going to be out of the NFL. I think Sam Darnold will still be somewhere in the NFL as a backup QB because right. guys get second, third, fourth chances, even if they don't necessarily deserve them. And the key thing is he's got a lot of experience. Correct. So you also are a former first-round pick. Even if he hasn't played like it, those guys are going to get the benefit of the doubt right. that they can one day fix it. So if there are levels to even being a backup QB, he comes out and performs average against a good Denver defense, something like that. Maybe he's parlaying these performances into a point where he can be one of the higher paid backup quarterbacks. I don't think there's nearly as much pressure on Sam Darnold as there was with Baker Mayfield just last week, Mm -hmm. because again, we have not seen anything good from Baker at all this season. We saw some good stuff from Sam the first part of the month that he played that season last year with Carolina before eventually it went horribly, horribly wrong. And the Panthers wanted to move on from him. So the evidence is there for Sam. Even if it's a small sample size, the evidence is not there for Baker. And Baker came in with higher expectations than Sam did. So when you factor all of that in, and he still played like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and Wes, maybe that's even too forgiving. He was playing like the worst quarterback in the NFL. He has a QBR of 17.8, 17.9. That is actually by far the lowest QBR of any quarterback with that amount of snaps in the league. 
And that's how poorly it's gone. I don't think the pressure is there for Sam as much as it was for Baker. I still do think it's there. We do know Denver's defense is good. We've talked about that. What are some of the keys to this game in your mind? And do you think Sam might even deserve a little bit of grace because of the good defense Denver brings to this game? Uh, I think he will for sure. Uh, This is a Denver defense that we've seen this season. I saw firsthand. Uh, you know, with my Niners uh, going up there struggling early in the season to score points. Uh, but this is a team that when you dig into the analytics, PFF, our favorite, their seventh overall pass rush uh, as far as the entire NFL and the number one coverage team in the league. I wonder how much that's changed with Bradley Chubb, though. I don't know if you have the numbers outside of them losing Chubb, but that still is a really good defense. And the coverage guys are still there, so you're not necessarily dealing with anything less in the secondary. Right. So, um, you know, this is going to be a defense that's going to apply pressure, but they also have the defensive backfield capable enough to make you have to wait on some things and give that pass rush time to get there. So it's going to be difficult. The keys for the Panthers are going to be the same as it always is, especially when you have a quarterback situation like they have. You're going to have to be able to establish the run early and stick with it. Okay, so. Uh, I hear the bat phone ring in the background, but like you're going to have to phone. stick with it no matter uh, how much they stop it because we know Denver's offense is going to allow you to be in the game long enough to do so. So stick with the run. Stay with it no matter what. Try to get you some defined reads for your quarterback where you can get some easy completions, maybe some big plays down the field. And the defense just come out and just give your best effort because this is not a Denver offense that's going to be threatening. When you say design runs, do you mean designed QB runs? Because Sam has shown that ability as well. I meant – Saying that, um, you know, just stick just with Deontay the run game Foreman, so right. you can get some defined reads. That's what I meant to say in the passing game to try to because with Denver, I think yards and points are going to be at a premium. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. We'll go to the text line. Stanford P did write in. I have a theory about Sam and Baker. Will Sam get more chances because he keeps his mouth shut and says the right thing? Baker more of a loose cannon that's and is left thing. out. Do you that's think that's a thing, thing Wes? I, I sure do. I was going to say that. As far as Baker runs the risk, in my opinion, of being out of the league quicker because of the attitude, because of some of the immaturity. I know you say you feel like that he may have changed up a bit, but I think he brings a lot to the table a lot of teams don't want to deal with. And I think that may be a huge hindrance for him going forward. Yeah, any any semblance of a headache especially at that level of play, you want to avoid altogether because right. there's just no reason. So None. I totally, even if I do think Baker's changed a tiny bit or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, it's still not Sam who doesn't say anything. He's not edgy Sam Darnold, right? This is yeah. no matter how much we want him to be that on this show. He's certainly not the edgy Sam Darnold. So we are getting some texts and some calls coming in. We'll get to those in just a moment at 704-570-9610. Let's take a look a little bit at the upcoming games after Denver to see how it will break for the Carolina Panthers QBs that will be playing, whether it be P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, and then I think Baker will come in third after all of that. So on the road against Seattle, then it's Pittsburgh, then it's Detroit. I do think if you get past Denver, Seattle's defense has been really good this year. So maybe Denver and Seattle. They're a good team. Yeah, it'll be rough for Sam actually the next two weeks. Against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has allowed a lot of points to wide receivers and a lot of yardage to wide receivers. So, you know, maybe that's yeah, something. Still is that a feisty. Itself. Yeah. Oh, Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Yeah, they're feisty. So I, I do want, are, is there going to be some forgiveness here for Sam Darnold and or PJ? We, Baker Mayfield forgiveness is out the window. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much Sam is going to get either because he's not a good quarterback, right? Yeah. Like the, the thing we hold on to, if you view this with any optimism, is the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. But when you go to 
what he is now, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of grace given, especially with Carolina's season heading towards the bottom of the standings as we get closer to the NFL draft. Well, I think that's the thing. I think the fans will have had enough. I think they've had enough. And I think anything that happens at this point, nobody's surprised. And really, I don't think anybody cares. Uh, How many games are Panther fans going into, you know, hoping, expecting a win at this point? I don't think there's many. And so if your quarterback comes out and make a bad play, they're just going to be like, oh, here we go. Or, oh, what else is new? Like, I don't think that it's going to matter. And I think that's the grace that Sam Darnold will get is that fans are just over it at this point. They expect bad play no matter which quarterback is in the lineup. So I think we have a couple of phone calls. I don't have what's working for me as far as who is calling me. Okay. You want to tell us who the first caller is that we're going to go to here. We got Gary on the line. All right, Gary. Okay. Gary, thanks for calling in, man. 704-570-9610. That's the number. Hey, Gary, guys. what's going on? Hey, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Great uh, Thank show you. today. Thanks for uh, getting us through this holiday. I'm no doubt. I'm to, to hit a buddy's house and watch some afternoon football and things. But I did want to get your opinion. You covered off on your Thanksgiving meals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But what were your personal opinions, and maybe the audience chime in, about the games yesterday? Did you like the games, the matchups? And with your families, do you guys, you know, get together? You like to watch these games? Are you in and out? Just touch on that a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks for the phone call, man. We are absolutely all about some NFL football. All about what else? What the hell else am I going to watch? Me me and Fiddy were talking about this before we started the show today. There's not much better than football all day long on Thanksgiving Day. Nothing can compete with it as far as any holiday type of thing. March Madness is still my favorite sports time of year. Mm -hmm. March Madness, number one, nothing can compete with it. Super Bowl is fantastic too, no mm-hmm. doubt. But I almost enjoy the entire experience more than even the Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl, but I almost like watching football all Thanksgiving Day long with the family, drinking, eating great food. Like to me, especially especially if you don't have anything to do the next day, yeah. we did. Yeah. It did not stop me from having any fun though. So I that is absolutely first and foremost the number one thing I look forward to. I don't think I've missed a Thanksgiving game since I've been on this earth. Oh, yeah. Okay, because uh-huh. I'm home and you're eating, like you said, hanging out. It's a holiday. You watch the Detroit game no matter how bad they are. You're going to watch it because like I said, what the hell else are you going to watch? So you're going to watch the line. Lions play, but the Lions are decent this year. So then I knew that would be an intriguing matchup with the Bills. That was a great game. The Dallas and Giants game was good. And then thank God that they added that night game to the Thanksgiving schedule. It It just caps it off perfectly because normally you get down to the Dallas game and you're like, man, what are we going to watch? Now you got to find a movie or a show. Now you get that third game, and that was a good game last night too, man. I love the NFL for doing that. Yeah. Thank you so NFL much. NFL knows what they need. I'm sorry these guys can't be with their families, but we need entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cognitive dissonance too. It's like, uh, sorry, Josh Allen, but yeah. I like watching you play. Right. So Thank entertain you. me. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Entertain me, You make QB. enough money to make up for it. Those games were good, by the way. Yeah. To answer Gary's first question, what do we think about the actual games that happened? Again, Fiddy, yeah. you and I were talking about just how awesome these games were, and I really was excited for that Giants Dallas matchup in yeah. the second half Cowboys really started to separate and Dallas probably the highest ceiling in the NFC if you ask me when everything is clicking I do think the Cowboys have the highest ceiling Eagles are great Jalen Hurts not as good as Dak Prescott San Francisco was great 
And I really like them, but as we'll go with the Jimmy G hate here, I don't think Jimmy G is as good as Dak either. I think mm. he is what makes mm. their ceiling higher. Mm. What do you think about the games that we watched yesterday, Fitty? Was that the best slate of NFL football we've had on Thanksgiving in the last decade or so? I would say so. It was, it was because a, Detroit was, it was awesome. good. Well, all good. three games delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I thought. I mean, you know, you, you saw Josh Allen, another game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. That throw he made to get the Bills and field goal range – was just ridiculous. Then you had the Giants and the Cowboys, the first time they've played on Thanksgiving in my lifetime. It's special because Flounder, who's my best friend, is a Giants fan. So some natural trash talking in that game, and we separated and showed why we're still probably the best team in the NFC in that second half. Then that night game, Kirk Cousins won in primetime against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I thought it was a great day of NFL football. Next year we get the Black Friday games, and I think those also are going to be a big hit as well. What'd you think, Wes? What'd you think of the games that we got in, in this slate? You said you were really impressed with it. I also know you had some comments about the NFC ceiling team. You don't believe that Dallas has the highest ceiling in the NFC? Absolutely not. Is it San Francisco? Okay. First of all, Detroit, uh, I shouldn't say they're good, but they're fun. So that was a good thing about watching them. Yeah, of course. I mean, first of all, you keep insulting Jimmy G. All Jimmy G's been doing for the last month has been balling out of control, well. taking advantage of the weapons. You know, you talk about the Dak, but last time I checked, you know, Jimmy G's been to Super Bowl NFC Championship game and was uh, dropped an exception away from another Super Bowl. So, you know, there's that. And then, uh, but other than that, the, the Josh Allen play, how are these quarterbacks making these drives with 20 seconds? It used to be if you had 20 seconds left on the clock, you could be high five and the game was over with. How do you give up that pass if you're the Detroit Lions? How? Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen connection is as good as any in the NFL, but, if, but you're right. It's yeah, close it. to it. How? Like I said, I mean, and he, he was over. I mean, it was a game of inches. The DB was almost there to bat it away, but I just didn't understand how they gave that up. But okay, great. The Dallas-New York game, Dallas kind of took control of that game late. Uh, Daniel Jones, man, it still perplexes me why the Giants have stuck with him as long as they have. I just don't get it. Well, they're making it work as much as they can right now. Right, but they should have doing got, a good job doing been it. done with him last year and had another quarterback in that issue. That's, that's true. And then um, the night game was fun because it turned out it was almost like an arena game, just scoring, 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 scoring. So that was fun. My boy Mac Jones was in there balling out. Like your boy? That. Is he I a like guy Mac like Jones. Michael Myers? Yeah. I was, a, I was a big fan of Mac Jones uh, coming out of Alabama. Okay. I like them. I think that Mac Jones, people gave him a bad rap because they're like, oh, he played for Alabama. But the thing was, <laughs> he put up numbers that other quarterbacks at Alabama did not. And every big game that he played in, he was dominant. He was not just a guy that was just servicing the other playmakers. Mac Jones was a dominant football player at Alabama, and that's why I liked him so much. All right, so we're going to have to go to break here in a moment. I'll allow Fiddy some time <laughs> to get back from the phone lines. I don't know if we have one, two, three callers on hold, but we do need to get to some people that want to chime yes. in with their thoughts. You can do so via text, 704-570-9610, or you can call in at that same number. I'll repeat, 704-570-9610. We did have Jamie asking, what if Darnold does play amazing this weekend? I don't know if that's going to happen, 
but we can answer that coming back. Yeah. And M Dog did say, IDK, how y'all made it to the late game. I was asleep. I'm not going to lie. I did fall asleep (laughs) in the fourth quarter. I I watched the third. I didn't watch the fourth quarter last night until I was able to check up on it and see the result. You got to get your naps early, man. I was tired, man. I was You got to get it during the Detroit. See, the Detroit game is normally always a good nap game. And then you get a little one during the second game. And then you're good for the night. You're right. I just didn't execute the game plan well enough. That was something that I just did not do. Before we get to some of these calls on the other side of the break, let's go to a Fitty Flash, the first one of the day. Fitty, what you got? Well, because I'm a dynamic producer, we're going back to the phone lines. Okay. Because we've got a special guest. Fonda Bryan has called in. She wants to weigh in on Wes's takes about her Dallas Cowboys. Happy birthday, Ma. Appreciate you calling in. You know, I don't put a lot of stock into what my son says about Dallas because he's so biased, because he is a 49ers fan, and right now we are both tied at five. And I know my son's team, the 49ers, have made it to the Super Bowl a couple of times, but they're still bridesmaids. They've won nothing. (laughs) And then the greatest thing about it, see, the last time that the 49ers won a Super Bowl was 1994 when I saw the sign was out by Asa Bates. So until until his team gets past mine, I still say that we're the better team. But we got past you last year when we left you heartbroken in Texas. That was last year. That was last year. What's the old country song, Tears in My Beer? That's what they were playing in Dallas last year, (laughs) Tears in My Beer. Well, we're going to see about that the next time you ask me to make you something, uh, cake. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, he needs to follow your advice when saying you've had enough. He told us that story after the end of his Thanksgiving eating yesterday. You've had enough, especially if you're going to dog the Dallas Cowboys like that. I agree. I'm I'm proud of Dallas, but I'm still not sold 100% because Dallas is one of those teams that when they'll start, as soon as you start believing in them, they're just. They yank the rug out from under you. So I'm just cautiously optimistic with the with the Cowboys, and I'm just one of those people. I'm not one of those. We, you know, we won five Super Bowls. I'm I'm more of okay. Yes, he okay is hard now. on them. Mm-hmm. What? Well, just say what? I said you are hard on the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I am. I am, but y'all are doing such a great job. Of course, I'm so proud, but y'all keep up the great work and have a great day. I, I'm just really proud of y'all, and y'all y'all mess together like peanut butter and jelly. Mm, all Thank right. Thanks, so Mom. Love you, Mom. Thank you so much. <laughs> that That is an amazing phone call from one Mama Brian coming in and setting the record straight on the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and the San Francisco 49ers. Fitty, you should have told her your love for the Cowboys. And I was about I mean, to say, I would have had something in common. And that made my day here, Fitty, just saying that we're doing such a good job. And so I really appreciate that, Fitty, helping us out as well. No it, it feels like somebody you would identify with a lot, being hard on your teams and being fans right, of the Cowboys. Yeah. you got to have a lot of love for Mama Brian over there. Well, I guess whenever I get the invite the invite over to the Brian household, me and Wes's mom can bond over love and complaining about the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. We got got some other phone calls to get to. Let's do it on the other side of the break. 704-570-9610. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The Bryants are taking over. The content is that good. Wes's mom calling in, giving him the business about why Dallas 
is the superior franchise going forward, <laughs> how long it's been since a couple championships. But I know you said that San Francisco, you think, has the higher ceiling. We can get into some of that as the show goes on yes. as well. It was entertaining stuff. 704-570-9610 is the text message. That, uh, that's the text line. It's also what you can call in on is that number. Hornets Ron said, get on a mama, and then had a couple of laughing emojis <laughs> that were also a part of that text. So, yeah, that was uh, that was fun to get to with some of the NFL conversations that we just had you can also again share in that 704-570-9610 let's transition to the college game visit the campus corner rivalry weekend it is here i'm excited as hell for the college football slate this weekend we're gonna have a lot of good games and the acc will sport a couple as well including north carolina nc state maybe not the same type of feel if north carolina would be playing for something more on the horizon Mm -hmm. than just the acc championship not happening anymore after the georgia tech loss but still drake may playing to continue to fight his way into nyc for the heisman watch maybe not to win it but drake may still needs to put up some good stats to actually get to New York City and NC State, North Carolina, rivalry game. Anything can happen in that type of matchup. Oh, yeah. And for NC State, this sets up perfectly for a rivalry game because Carolina's got, you know, a lot on their plate that they've done positive this year. So NC State would like nothing more than to really ruin their season and possibly knock them out of the top 25. So that should be a good one. My Demon Deeks going to Duke. That's going to be a tricky, tricky game. Normally, like when I was in school, Duke always played us close when they came to play us in Winston. But when we would go to Duke, it was always a blowout. I don't know what the deal was with that. I say all that to say this ain't going to be no blowout. This is going to be a dogfight. I'm nervous for this game because Duke, like I said, Riley Leonard, number two in my ACC quarterback power rankings, the ACCDN that you can watch on all platforms, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. But, yeah, so this is going to be a good one, man. Um, Two teams, Duke has the better defense, in my opinion, and that's what really makes me nervous about this game. So this should be a good one. Um, South Carolina and Clemson. Yeah. That's another one. Well, before we get there, I did want to ask you this as a Wake Forest former player, left tackle with the Demon Deacons. I did not realize until meeting you and even talking with Fiddy and other people that Wake Forest actually hates NC State a lot more than other schools, right? Is that because, uh, well, I mean, North Carolina and NC State have a huge rivalry, but I know that y'all, or NC State hates Wake Forest quite a bit as well, they, right? Like, they do, but as far as just on campus, what got the most out of the student body, it was by far Duke. They hate Okay, Duke. so I, I was going to ask, is it appropriate for Yeah, they hate Duke the and Carolina games? the most. Right. Okay, yeah, and then State is after those two. Well, we do know Clemson and South Carolina hate each other. Here's what I yes. want to go to from a conversation we did not get to yes, this yes, past yes. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Fiddy, I don't know if you have the Dabo Sweeney sound, but you did put it in the rundown on Wednesday. We didn't get to it. But Dabo Sweeney talked about the feeling from fan bases – on their rivalries here in the South compared to fan bases and how they feel about their rivalries in the Midwest and how the South, it just means more down here. Here's Dabo talking about just that. Because I grew up in Alabama. If you, Where'd you grow up? Uh, suburb of Chicago. There you go. Northwestern and Indiana, probably not having, you know, marriages break up over that. No offense to Northwestern and Indiana. I don't even know if they play each other, but. So I will say this as someone who was born in Indianapolis and has family there and go there probably once, twice a year. Mm-hmm. 
pretty big rivalry between Purdue and Indiana. Like, they do not like each other, okay? You can roll your eyes all you want to. That's fine. I'm not saying you're doing that. <laughs> but they hate each other more yeah. so basketball, though. Uh-huh. I mean, basketball runs everything up in Indiana, especially high school basketball. They don't care about football like they do, like they do here in the South. So it's all reserved for basketball. But... I, having also experienced both the South and the Midwest, he's right. Like, for me, as far as what I've experienced, the South cares a lot more. You have Ohio, or you have Ohio State, and you have Michigan. Mm-hmm. And what else that compares yeah. to Auburn, Alabama? That no. compares to South Carolina, Clemson? That yeah. compares to North Carolina, Duke, and or then, NC State? Yeah. Mid- and then you talk back in the day, Florida State, Florida, Florida State, Miami, uh, Basketball or football, too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I, I mm-hmm. feel like Dabo is right in this way. No, I agree with them 100%. Uh, I mean, what was it? The the guy, um, the Alabama, when he poisoned the tree? Or he yes. said that he poisoned uh, the tree? Harvey Updike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have deep-rooted hatred for teams where, like Dabo said, people won't talk to each other. People break up relationships. Uh, and stuff like that over games, man. So, yeah, you have so many great rivalries in the South. I mean, you have a lot of them in the, in the North and North, uh, you know, in the Midwest and on the West Coast where they have their trophies and things of that nature. But it means much more down here. Like, you know, you go talk to South Carolina fans and Clemson fans, especially I think South Carolina feels like they really have a chance. And I'm not going to rule out that they don't. So <laughs> yeah. you, I'm sure if you talk to them to a man, it it's, it means something. Fiddy, what does it mean to you, and how do you imagine it feels to the Midwesterners? I know you put this in the rundown. You had some thoughts about Dabo's comments as well. Dabo ain't wrong. Like don't like don't get it wrong. Ohio State Michigan is the best rivalry in college football. Yeah. Uh, and like, what's on the oh, line oh, the tomorrow? Alabama Auburn. Like, where, where does that hold a candle to it? Because it's, oh, I, it, would it, agree. It's, it's close I would agree. I would agree with Auburn's Really good. Like, look, tomorrow's a play game and you know whoever loses their season will be deemed a failure and that that seems going to be 11 and 1 the best part is that Dabo's one of the few coaches who can say this and get away with it because he's won he's built a program if this came from like Jimbo a guy who ain't done crap in 10 years is about to get run out of Texas A&M people would have rolled their eyes but what Dabo's saying is very true and he's not wrong because rivalries in the south they just hit different even though I don't think Clemson and South Carolina is a national rivalry, I think it's a regional rivalry, mm-hmm. I grew up there. I know what it means to those people, you know, and, and so it, it's going to be a lot of fun, but what he said wasn't wrong. So how much, how many more can we get in the Midwest that matters a lot? Because I don't know how many people would have thought Indiana-Purdue. but Texas that might- OU. Well, in Midwest, though. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the Midwest. That's the South. That's Southwest. No, Texas, mid- Texas that's, that's, OU that's is Southwest. Midwest. West. It's not Midwest. Ain't no way. Texas is not Midwest. Midwest is like Illinois, like Indiana, Ohio. That's Midwest. I know it doesn't make that much sense because they were their NBA teams are in the Eastern Conference. That's just ge- geographically now, how they're kind of listed. And I was thinking more on the Oklahoma end. Do people not consider Oklahoma the Midwest? Because Nebraska and Oakland, Nebraska certainly Midwest. Yes. For sure. And people would used to consider Oklahoma and Nebraska a rivalry. Oklahoma is in the Midwest. You know why yeah. rivalries yeah. have diminished in the Midwest? 
because the teams aren't that great. Because of conference realignment, you got Colorado now in the Pac-12, Nebraska well, in the Big Ten. Well, this is the thing about college football as a whole. The thing that makes that sport great it is the regional rivalry. It is the proximity in which how much you hate the people that are just seven miles down the road. Yeah. That might be true for basketball when it comes to Carolina and Duke, but also it comes down to football as well, where we can talk about Ohio State-Michigan being the best college football rivalry. I don't know if I'd feel so confident to say that Michigan fans hate Ohio State as much as Auburn fans hate Alabama, because my mom lived in Alabama for a while, too. I'm telling you, rabid. They hate Alabama, and I've been to all of these places. Yes, it is rabid down in Alabama. When you get close to Auburn, they hate Alabama just as much as anybody hates. When you're talking about the Harvey Updike thing, to make that point clear, that's why I do have that kind. What makes the rivalry? Is it the team performances, or is it the hatred from the fan bases? I think a little bit of both, but I would say, though, that Michigan and Ohio State, I think they have all the ingredients. I think their fans hate the other school really, really bad. Um, it might not get to the point where it's maniacal like a Alabama-Auburn, but I think in a lot of ways it does. I would put Michigan and Ohio State. I agree with Fiddy. I think it's probably the best in college football. And then after that, I think you have some close seconds. Because, yeah. because the thing that separates – the the big game to me is the quality of the teams because Auburn has been kind of hit or miss over the last 15 years or yeah. so, something no, like that. And, and I agree that I think the team performance, just how good they've been consistently, it favors Ohio State and Michigan. We had somebody text in that their mom is from Michigan. They hate Ohio State for sure. Yeah, they like, do, I, man. No, I'm not saying that they are all peaches and cream up there. All like, over I Toledo, it. man. It, the, the battle of Toledo birthed the greatest rivalry in college football. <laughs> no, it is, it, is, it is a hatred up there, too. I just wonder... Does that carry enough weight for the Midwest to beat the South? And I think we all agree, no. The South, it does mean something a little bit different down here, at least when you're considering the fan bases. Share your thoughts, though. We'd love to hear them. 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. That's also what you can call into. 704-570-9610. Let's switch it up. Let's talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers, also the Charlotte Hornets. They got a win this weekend. Can they make it two in a row against the Minnesota Timberwolves? It's the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.